ghosts, UFOs, alien encounters, and all things paranormal. These are real stories from real people. This is Fear of the Unknown. Alex Paps is in the house! Yo! <laughs> How are you, man? Yeah, good. Nice to be here. Thanks so much for coming. Um, you're someone that I've always seen around, but we haven't properly sat down and had a good chat. We've spent the last hour or so just talking about yeah. how much high school sucks. And I guess every time we see each other, it's at a gig and it's kind of at work, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So, I asked you yesterday if you've had any unexplainable or yeah. paranormal experiences, and yeah. you said you had a couple, so I'm, I'm really interested. Yeah, you come so across as a, as a guy who's seen some shit, man. Yeah, well, definitely. I've been a lot of events that are hard to explain in my life i guess but something i've always experienced is this precognitive dreaming from a teen i feel like i always had these moments in my life where i was like hey this has happened before yeah and i guess you know i've I've done a fair bit of reading up on it years ago and i I think it quite often gets dismissed as just this feeling of deja vu Um, and it's very easy to i guess come up with a scientific logical explanation for why you experience those feelings i guess one of the big precognitive dreams that i've had was yeah it was a very vivid dream it felt real i woke up from it feeling like it had just happened sorry what do you mean like you feel like it wasn't a dream it was just like yeah like neo at the southern matrix you you jumped from one life to the next it, it was just such a normal thing like every mm. element of it like getting in my car and driving to the place where quite often in your dreams you're <laughs> just in the place like it it had the mundane elements of the event right okay it. yeah i get you so it was when i wake up from it it felt like a memory instead of a dream and right. i had to think did that actually just happen and to the extent that i spoke to my wife about it uh-huh so in the dream, I went to this community center and met a few of the people there and met this guy who was blind. And the details in the dream were very vivid. So he was a surfer and went to California for a surfing comp. And while he was there... This is your dream you're talking this about? This is my dream. Okay. While he was there, he um, met these skater guys and they said, well, you can surf, you should be able to skate. So he jumped on a skateboard, fell off the skateboard and hit his head. And that's how he went blind. Um, There was some neurological damage from him hitting his head and was having this long conversation with him. And then he said, do you want to play darts? So there I am in my dream playing darts with a blind guy. Bizarre. Really bizarre dream. Yeah. And so I woke up and I I spoke to my wife about it. I spoke to a few friends about it. Uh And I think that's the big point of difference from this dream. Because normally when you have one of those sort of deja vu moments where you think, oh, I've dreamt this there's no real evidence that you can back that up with yeah but on this occasion it was so vivid and bizarre that i spoke to a few people about it and then as part of my bachelor of education degree we had to do some community service okay and so i chose this place in belcatta that was like a community drop-in center and there's this guy like i recognized him from my dream Um, oh wow he looked yeah, in dreams, when you meet people you don't know, quite often they're just an amalgamation of people you've already met or seen. Yeah. Um, Sometimes their face can change. The yeah. personality is just yeah, exactly. recognisable. Yeah. yeah. And he just looked like this guy, and then it became apparent he was blind. And then he's <laughs> telling me this story of how he's a surfer, and he went to Cal- Like, exactly. Oh, exactly shit. as my dream. And then we're playing darts. 
I'm playing darts with this blind guy because he could still kind of see shapes. Right. He could perceive certain things. He could perceive shapes from light. So as long as there was enough light in the room, he could make out the round dartboard. He couldn't really see the numbers or the bullseye or anything, but he could make out the shapes enough to throw darts at what he knew was the dartboard. Yeah. You know, I'm such an idiot. I didn't even question the idea of a blind person playing darts. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, yeah, so I rung Mel straight away after this and go, oh my God, remember that dream I had? I just played darts with a blind guy and was just really freaky. Uh, so while it was happening, did it occur to you Oh yeah, to say, to it was say, just like you know I had a dream in yeah, this heaven. Yeah, so I spoke to him about it as well, and he kind of just dismissed it. Huh. It's really hard to explain the feeling. It, it, it's like things are happening that you're already expecting to happen. Right. So in a way, you kind of lose the idea that you have control over that situation because it's already happened. Yes. Okay. I got you. And like you're going through the motions of something that you know has already happened. And And you're just watching this thing peel back. Yeah. It's a really surreal experience. And I get it often with small little deja vu situations and you have that kind of fleeting moment of, uh, I feel like this has happened before. But this was maybe three hours, a three-hour period that just seemed like I was going through the motions of something that had already happened. Yeah. Bizarre. What does it mean? <laughs> and why that's a, that's a Why was that such an important moment? Yeah. yeah. I've never seen this guy again. It was literally a, a, a three-hour community service activity that I yeah. had to go to, and that was it. I had no communication with this guy after, so... Did he get something out of that meeting that he was supposed to yeah. get? Because I, I definitely didn't get anything out of it. Honestly, look, similar stuff's happened to me, but it's been even more mundane crap like that. It's just like I remember once I, I was listening to a conversation of our parents and I picked up a TV guide and there was something on the TV that was really specific. Yeah. And I just woke up from that dream like just going, oh, that was dumb. And then it actually happened. I'm like, ah! And then yeah. people just said deja vu. Yeah. And but I it think seems that's, so pointless. It does seem pointless. Uh, is there something that happened at that time that was really important? Or, yeah. Um, so you think it could be connected to like a fate type of thing? Well, I don't know. I guess uh, yeah. As it's something that we do as people all the time is try and search for for meaning within things. Yeah. That perhaps there is no meaning for it. Yeah. Yeah. Then you go down that rabbit hole of the idea of time. Yeah. Where you know, in Western culture, we view time as a it travels in a linear way. Um, Have you heard any other different interpretations of the nature of time? Um, I guess you know I work a lot with Aboriginal people, so yeah. that idea of time being more like a spiral, not even circular. It's it's a spiral that can cross over itself as well. So it's not this idea of so it's like a tangled, past, present, future, that, like a tangled slinky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and working with groups who speak Aboriginal English, which uh-huh. I'm not sure how much you know about Aboriginal English, but it's oh, I'm an expert. Yeah, <laughs> it is really using English standard Australian English words, but underneath that is all the cultural worldviews and pragmatics of Aboriginal languages. Right, um, you know, because language is more than just words. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Underneath the surface, you've got the cultural worldviews and the ways of interpreting meaning from things 
Yeah, that's a whole other language. Yeah, yeah. So when yeah. you're working with kids who speak Aboriginal English, mm-hmm. they will write in that kind of spiral circular time frame. Can and, you give me an example? Because um, it's fascinating. It's like I can understand what you're saying, but I can't yeah, so solidify it. I guess if you're writing a recount or if you're giving an oral recount, you'd yeah. start at the beginning of the story, you'd set the scene, and then you'd move through to the body and then to the end. Mm-hmm. Where an uh, Aboriginal kid is more likely to start at the beginning, jump to something that happened in the end, come back to the beginning, go to the middle, back to the beginning. Like, it's not this nice linear account of the events. Um, I guess there's different elements of importance in different languages and different cultures that almost rank the things more important. It's like the Japanese, like instead of subject-verb-object, it's subject-object-verb. Yeah, yeah. but then the structure of a narrative... Yeah. It's very different in different languages. And it's really... It's interesting. I mean, that's a culture that's really based on type of storytelling that's super unique. And there is this, um, I guess you call it spiritual element that's embedded into the language. Mm. Um, So, for example, the sentence, the cat had red glowing eyes, Mm. for someone with a Western European background would think that that's just the cat reflecting light from its eyes. Yeah where if, if that was coming through an Aboriginal English speaker's writing, yeah. it would indicate more of a spiritual element. So same words, different interpretation. Right. Yeah. Bizarre. It's almost like... It reminds me of metaphysics. Yeah. But uh, not, not quite. Not, a type not quite. Of... I think because that spirituality is so embedded into the culture, of course it comes through language. Mm. Right. I think the the barrier that exists for standard Australian speakers trying to communicate with someone who's speaking a different dialect, whether it be Aboriginal English or Liberian English, is that we're hearing words we know and interpreting them through our cultural worldview, yeah. where they're pointing through a very different meaning. That's right, and they've they've shown that multilingual people put on different personalities yeah. for the, when they're speaking different yeah. languages. Yeah. But because, like, even senses of humour, like... Dad likes to always send me jokes in Spanish, and they're <laughs> hilarious because the the type of words have such an implied wit mm. that's so different to English. Yeah, that they'll say something very simple. Yeah, and it'll be interpreted very differently. Yeah, like if you have a friend who's chubby in Spanish, it's quite accepted to go, "Hey, my little fatty tub tub piece of cake, my little chocolate ice cream." <laughs> you know, you'd say, but in, this, in any English country, it's just like. What are you doing? <laughs> Maybe. But it's actually, yeah. it's very, when you hear it in Spanish, it sounds really sweet. It sounds so affectionate. And the same with the humor. It's really funny. But if you try to translate that into English, all of yeah. a sudden, it's just this. It's like, yeah, well, some, some things you just can't translate to a different yeah. language. That's why I theorize anyway that that's why a lot of people tend to think of immigrants as stupid or. Yeah. Well, I think we. We do, as a society, put a lot of value on language competence as a right. sign of intelligence. Yeah. I'm an English as additional language dialect teacher, so my whole teaching experience has always been with families who are very new to Australia and not yeah. only learning the language but the culture. And some of these people are highly intelligent, come from being an engineer or a doctor or mm. a very high profession come to australia learning a new language a new culture a new way of life and i'm sure they feel like their intelligence is always 
kind of been placed lower than yep. it should be. That's it. That's it. Um, it's, oh, it's Isn't that fucking frustrating? Because it's something that is understood, but it's not acknowledged enough. Yeah. I think it would be benefit everyone if that was more on the forefront of our minds. Yeah. It's not just language that's a difference. It's not just culture yeah. that's a difference. It's yeah. the whole... What's well, the lang- way of interacting with the world is different. Yeah, it, it's you could have two people that are, let's say, a Christian from one country and exactly the same sort of brand of Christian from another country, and yeah. they'll have they'll, they'll still have some real diversities between the way they relate to their yeah, religion. I'm sure. Well, even uh, like I, I grew up, my family's Greek, so I'm third generation Greek Australian, and really interesting story about how language develops differently when you move away from your home country. We grew up always using the word bilgani for kettle. Mm-hmm. And then when my family, I think it was my auntie and my uncle, went back to Greece, they came back with this story, which, you know, they're calling it the bilgani, and people are looking at them weirdly. What are you talking about? And through the conversation, it came out that that's not actually the Greek word for kettle and was actually the Greekified version of bilikan, which yeah. is a strong <laughs> word. Um, yeah, third generation. There you so, go. Yeah, you, language evolves and moves forward. So if you move yeah. away from your homeland, that's still going to keep happening. Yeah, um, Billy Candy. Yeah. That's, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's like fair dinkum. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that the Chinese? They yeah. were. Um, yeah, that's right. From the rail workers. Yeah, they yeah. Pro- yeah, all the gold fields. Oh, yeah, rail workers. They were having to pay more for drinks than the Australians. Yeah, they were protesting. So they said, "We want fair drink prices, fair dinkum." <laughs> How cool is that? <laughs> yeah. Damn it, I love living in Australia, though, because of the cultural diversity. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't That's it? Something, like, you grow up, and in primary school especially, you feel the divide. Yeah. You know, maybe the Asian kids are sort of quiet, or maybe other races are more like this. You know, you can really feel a bit more of that purity. Yeah. But because you're all kids, you all learn to get along. You all learn to understand. Yeah. You have to sleep at each other's houses, and you yeah. understand this sort of crap. You know, yeah. it's awesome. I find that when you travel, it's a huge benefit to be Australian. I spent a couple of years in Japan, and every time someone hears that you're Australian, they're like, ah. <laughs> this person's going to try and figure out what I'm saying. This person's going to try and understand my vibe, you know? Yeah, yeah. We've we got a great reputation. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess some other cultures expect everyone to meet them, even though they're in their country on holiday. Yeah, that's true. You've got to meet my expectations. I'm not yeah. going to try and figure out your yeah. expectations. Okay, let's get back to aliens and <laughs> having sex with Bigfoot. <laughs> Another really quite strange dream event, and I still have no logical explanation for this. Um, so my my father passed away when I was quite young, and it's no secret that him and I didn't have a very tight relationship. I often have dreams about him. This one night, it was a very spiritual, even demonic kind of dream where he was trying to burst through into the physical realm, and it was quite quite intense it was very a very blurry abstract dream mm. but I, I remember like these kind of thuds happening in my dream and then this big pop and i woke with a fright mel my wife woke with a fright what was that noise you know sometimes you incorporate things that are actually happening into your dream yeah yeah, yeah. so it felt like it might have just been that get up go into the dining area of our house and there's just this pile of glass sitting in the middle of the table like very small little glass pebbles as we mel and i walk into there we can just hear the glass going 
and like could actually see cracks forming in these little glass pebbles and it was what this nice so, neat so, so, wait, 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 let's just back up here for a second like <laughs> so it was freaky as fuck yeah i'm, I'm not gonna lie i was, had all the hairs on my body which uh, there are a few of them was anyone else in the house you know i'm gonna i'm gonna do the usual bullshit sort of well third degree just just our kids just our kids okay um, so and, and they didn't bring in any this is probably late at night I yeah assume. yeah it was wee hours of the morning like three and o'clock. there's a pile of pebbles on a table well it was glass pebbles glass pebbles yeah tiny little you know there wasn't any real big chunks of glass it was indistinguishable what this glass was so then we're examining the glass and there's just this one little bit of handle so it was one of our latte glasses right which had a very sturdy glass base and that glass is made to have hot liquid put in it it's um, tempered right yeah. so yeah, yeah it's supposed to but also it was just in this pile like it had just imploded into itself there was no bits of glass that were far away from the pile you know i've had friends who have had those glass outdoor tables that due to changes in temperature the glasses burst yeah and it goes everywhere but this was very different it was just in on itself and then in speaking to mel about the dream i had feeling like this is a paranormal experience of my father right thud 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 pop yeah she then said, I was dreaming about your dad as well. Mel had never met my dad. <laughs> so we had this shared dream leading yeah. up to that glass imploding on itself. Yeah. That's yeah, I can't explain that. Yeah, and it's bizarre. Not a, because I've had a shared dream with my wife as well. We both woke up laughing. It was about the same thing. <laughs> so, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. why are you laughing? It's like, the lady dropped the thing. And we both saw the same dream. But anyway... Yours crossed over into the real world. Yeah, yeah. I tried to research into what scientific explanation there could be for this glass doing that. I've found nothing that really kind of fits the bill. Oh, it's strange. <laughs> Look, I want to, I want to, I want to dive further into that. But what you told me reminds me so much of another story a friend told me. Um, I was a workmate, and he came to work, and he's like saying, "My house is fucking haunted." Wow. You know, I was like, bullshit, you know? <laughs> and, like, once once you hear someone tell the story, you can sort of tell if, if they, if they want to be the special person for the day <laughs> or if they're genuinely confused and afraid. Yeah. And this guy definitely was confused and afraid. So what happened is that for nights leading up to this event, he would hear children's footsteps down the corridor. And that seems to be, like, a common theme. I mean, it sounds like a trope. It sounds like a cliché. Yeah. His mum's like a white witch. So he grew up kind of... With that sort of wicker just, just, witchcraft thing just, going just like on a, around Just like, like I grew up religious as well. So, yeah. so you'd have your kind of way of dealing with... You know, the supernatural. The supernatural, yeah. yeah. The non-physical realm yeah. crossing over or like trying to freak you out. So you'd be ready for it in, in a way. So I guess I can't remember exactly, but he kind of had his way of dealing with it. He might have like burnt some sage or something. Yeah, okay. I think he actually yeah. burnt some sage. He loved to collect small elephants, and he'd have them like little, like head to. His name's like, not Mark, is it? No, 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 no. <laughs> he had them uh, trunk to tail, just kind of around his room, all facing the same direction. He went to sleep. He woke up a few hours later, and they were all facing him. Wow, oh, man, that that's so pretty crazy. So yeah. But you always got to think maybe like I've got a friend that yeah, came in a prank, yeah, was trying to screw with me. He turned them all the right way and he closed his eyes and opened them again just to look at them and they were facing him again. 
He jumps out of bed, and this is like with the footstep sound, gets out of bed and calls his mum. He's in the lounge room, and he's got like a glass table, but like this is a tempered glass coffee yeah. table. And while he's talking to his mum about this thing that's happening, he sees a single lion appear in the glass, and it just, poof, it just explodes. Wow. <laughs> At the time, I, I didn't want to believe him. Yeah. But these well, days you, after the shit I hear from people sometimes, I'm just like, yeah. You, you always want to go to a logical explanation. Yeah. Because I've definitely lived in a house where there was nighttime footsteps. It wow. was It was a very old Federation okay. um, house with floorboards, and me and my housemates all could hear these footsteps, and we kind of just put it down to acoustics that it was possibly the house next door or, or something and it was just the way the acoustics were working, especially late at night when there was no noise. Yeah. It sounded like it was coming in our house. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess part of that is to feel safe in your own house as well. <laughs> yeah. <right. No. laughs> you know, you don't want to believe there's a spectre running around your house when you're trying to sleep. That's freaky shit. Yeah. I've got a thought that crosses my mind because, you know, you get different brands of these paranormal happenings and they're usually either something to do with religion or something to do with ghosts or aliens. Yeah. And when you look enough into alien stories, they seem a lot like ghost stories. But then again, you have all this time shit happening. Yeah. Which kind of like... Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that like, it's frustrating because we like to think that we're pretty smart, but I think there's such a huge slice of science that we haven't even begun to scratch at yet. Of course. Well, even just if you think about the science of how we perceive the world through light bouncing off objects, entering our optic nerve, of course, there's only going to be a certain amount of reality that we can see and perceive and um, our brain can make sense of. So there's definitely got to be more to the universe than what our eyes can perceive of course Um, and i I always think it's arrogant to assume that we're it that our physical plane is the be all and end all of the universe yeah it's like it's got nothing to do with you being bored at church when you were a little kid okay this is stuff we haven't discovered yet yeah because you hear the argument that i I just fucking i love to hate it's the whole thing of like (laughs) if you burn all the books in the world and you let humanity rewrite them yeah yeah the science books are going to be the same, and all the religious books are not. It's like, how the fuck do you know that, man? Yeah. Like, there seems to be, like, a time a long time ago when we were less hell-bent on proving and understanding the physical world. Society and civilization in general, I mean, they, they, weren't, they weren't idiots. Yeah. You can understand, they weren't like these primitives. Yeah, which is what we always do through history. We always assume that generations ago humans were less intelligent than we are now i guess you can even bring this back to language i mean the language we use now is very different to the language used 100 years ago thousands of years ago Uh, we're still trying to make sense of records through our language Mm. as the bible's a really good example the old testament because that's written quite a while ago yeah. in a language that isn't even alive anymore and then being translated through different languages before it ended up in English. Like we said before, some things are very hard to translate from one language to another. Yeah. So what you end up with is a very literal English version of something that could have had a very, very different meaning when it was written in the Old Testament and yeah. the original language through no, I- eyes that we can't even imagine 
how they were interacting with the world and perceiving the things that were going on. Yeah. I don't want to come across as a Bible basher here, but I find this subject particularly interesting because several years ago, I was like... Something seemed wrong about the way people interpret scripture. Yeah. It just started to bother me as I got older. I'm just like suits and hymns and <laughs> these very human construct sort of Western culture, Anglo rules yeah. that we've washed over. Yeah. So I got more and more frustrated. I'm like, screw this. I want to understand certain things myself. So I went on this like sort of Bible study binge. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to understand like the weird stories. I wanted to understand the ark. I wanted to understand, you know, the whole Adam and Eve thing. Like I was sure that there was something there. So there's this free software called eSword. And over every single word, they've got where they've translated it from, from the original Aramaic. Yeah. And there's a lot of shit like how supposedly Satan lured Eve with an apple. Yeah. And then snakes were cursed to eat the dust for yeah, the rest of the time. crawl on their belly. Now, if you look at the Aramaic word, it's snake or worm. Yeah. They're yeah, kind okay. of, they're yeah. interchangeable, those yeah. two. There's two words, so it sort of makes a lot more sense that if you're going to believe the Bible story, that it's talking more about a worm, because worms now eat the dirt, yeah. and they live underground, and you know. Yeah. So, anyway, that was just one thing. The next thing was the ark, and it was really interesting, because I was like, looking, it was it's so bizarre. If you look at that part of the Bible, it's so fucking weird, because... <laughs> It's talking about, like, people and what they did, and all of a sudden... And then out of nowhere, there were giants in that time. <laughs> and then, immediately after that, here are the instructions for building the ark. Yeah. And they use, like, units of measurement. Um, what's a unit? Cubits. Yeah, cubits. Yeah. So, I was thinking to myself, hey, if there were giants, and a cubit is, from the Roman era, it's the distance between the tip of a man's finger to his elbow. Yeah. So like 15 inches or whatever, 20 inches. But if there were giants, and if that was the relative unit of measurement, you know, <laughs> let's say there were giants and small people, and you'd build your house, and you'd use measurements that like are relative to your body size. Yeah. So, so if you're a dwarf, you'd build a house that's, you know, 50 cubits long, according to your yeah, size. Of course, or if yeah. you're a giant, you do it. So let's say that there was <laughs> giants, and let's say like, you know... Um, Noah was a giant. <laughs> He'd be able to build this massive ark. And uh, yeah, and, and there's another mystery with that. They talk about gopher wood. No one knows what gopher wood is. Yeah, wow. However, in the Aramaic, they found instructions for the ark as well. Yeah. But it's a round thing. It's not like a cigar-shaped thing. Yeah, okay. It's a round thing. And derivative languages from Aramaic, there are cultures that have this boat. It's a round boat. It's called a gaffer. Ah. So I was like putting together all these things. Yeah, but it's, wow. it's great when you get to look at the original language. That's yeah. my point. Yeah. Because I went on this whole trip and I was, I was loving it because all of a sudden you get to see the world through a different way, not just yeah. like, not recycled through like one civilization that got to rewrite history. Yeah. And then another civilization that got to rewrite history. I yeah. mean, yeah, the whole story about how the world was given access to the Bible is yeah, it's a it's a very well, especially corrupt, through, it's a very corrupt and long story through the New Testament Christianity side of the Bible. The Old Testament was very you know old and probably existed as a oral um, yeah. as oral stories way before it was written um, mm. into a book. But the the New Testament was very much written well after Jesus supposedly been crucified. Right. And for very distinct groups of people. So all of the books from the apostles tell a very different story. 
yeah. the story of Jesus' birth with the three wise men only mm-hmm. exists in one of the books. Yeah. There's very different recounts depending yeah. on what group of people they were trying to sell Christianity to. Um, well, I mean, from my upbringing, the, the branding of each one, yeah. well, this is the short answer. The one that I grew up to understand, I guess, was that each one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, yeah. they are looking at different aspects of Jesus. One as a servant, one as a king, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So they have different purposes. They're not supposed to... Yeah, but surely for me, those purposes are for the lower class as a servant, for the upper class as a king they're selling a very different version of jesus to a different target audience that's how i interpret it Um, okay that's interesting it never even occurred to me and then the overlaying of christian times of celebration over the top of existing pagan celebrations yeah you know it was a rebranding um do you know much about the council of nicaea not really that that is a genius marketing campaign in (laughs) rebranding paganism yeah right it's amazing it's kind of like if you can't beat them, make them think you're joining them. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I guess Christianity the, was the, becoming popular, and yeah, they're like, "Well, we still want to. We still want to." Well, is it a form of controlling and manipulating the, the masses, which the Roman Empire definitely excelled at trying to do that? Yeah. Did you grow up particularly religious? Yeah. Being Greek? yeah so grew up Greek yeah. Orthodox. Yeah. Yeah. Easter, man. It's all about Easter. Yeah, Easter was massive. I've definitely strayed away from structured religion growing right. up. Yeah. I still have spiritual beliefs, but find yeah. it very hard to subscribe to yeah. any religion as it, as it's written. Yeah. It's like politics, you know, anything that's ideologically driven. Yeah. All of a sudden, combine that with people. Yeah. Combine that with a tendency of power corrupting. Yeah. Yeah. It's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. In some way, I still have massive respect for people who have faith. I think it's nice mm. to have faith in something. Um, yeah. But there's a whole spectrum of people who have faith. There's yeah people who use it to mask their hate of certain groups of people sure. or just everything in general. Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess working with communities that are made up from people from very different parts of the world, I've got to see a huge cross-section of people of such a varied array of faith and beliefs that I do know a lot of people who are very atheist and discredit religion completely and only look at the bad parts of religion. You know, there's been a lot of war. I don't need to tell you or any of the listeners about the the history here, but... There's a lot of good parts that come out of religion as well, and I, I think we should <laughs> yeah. embrace those elements and how it brings community together and um, people together. Yeah. A lot of people use it as the, the foundation of their culture, yeah, yeah, and it's a cultural thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think about aliens? <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be very ignorant to believe we're the only planet with life in the universe. Everyone always says this. I don't know. I think... Okay, let me rephrase this question. Do you believe in the possibility of aliens being among us? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Cool. cool. I'm done with that. I guess the pyramids is a big one that comes up a lot in right. the alien conversation. I think it's really bizarre that we can't imagine an ancient civilization that could do things that we can't. Uh-huh. And therefore, it's aliens. Yeah. Aliens built the pyramid. Like perhaps this culture had a understanding of things that we can't imagine. Yeah. I don't know if I'd immediately jump to those inexplicable ancient buildings as aliens yeah but yeah i don't discredit or discount the fact that it could have been 
it seems to be this thing where it's proven that there was a global flood about 13,000 years yeah. ago. Before then, it seems that humankind had an interaction with, with this other world, yeah. whether it be through spirituality or aliens or whatever. There's lots of evidence of that that's compelling. Yeah. After this flood, we became more humanistic, and it seems like the spirit world didn't want to have much to do with us. Like, there's not much evidence of miracles or yeah. bizarre technology or powers of any kind. Yeah. And as a result, like, we engineer things totally different to how we engineered stuff before. Yeah. And it's very coincidental that when the bombs were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, all of a sudden, things like Roswell started to happen. UFOs suddenly appearing everywhere. Yeah. And people are having communications, and there's this kind of little narrative going on that you hear from here and there that they're very much against nuclear armaments, nuclear weapons. And a lot of people say that. It's like, because they're huge environmentalists. But there's another group of people that say, no, it's actually nuclear weapons affect their side of, of their dimension that's parallel to yeah. ours. And that's... yeah. Yeah, I've been down a bit of a rabbit hole reading up yeah. on some of that stuff. Also, those theories about how quickly technology started to evolve from those moments. Yeah. And I know a lot of it gets put down to, well, war is the mother of invention. Yeah. And some of this shit, like opt optic fiber technology yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and silicon, silicon chips. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Edit. And silicon chips. <laughs> Right, so I find that interesting. Uh, right now, there's more disclosure from the government than ever, where they're just outright admitting, yes, we've had programs that are trying to figure out what these UFOs are. Yeah. And then all these people that are just like officials from the military and from the government saying, yes, we've been in communication yeah. with aliens for a long time. Yeah. They don't get into specifics, but they're allowed to say this stuff. Yeah. and Because it, it's like... Most people will think they're crazy. I mean, it seems like... Well, isn't, that, the, isn't that the the where we are in society? Is anything that is a little bit hard to explain if you're really banging on about it? You just get labelled as crazy. Yeah. Uh, Especially because, like, everyone thinks they're so smart. It's like, yeah. um, I have Wikipedia at home, all right? <laughs> and if I wanted to, I'm not going to, but if I wanted to, I could go home and disprove you within, like, you know... <laughs> yeah. I guess it's that same trope where, you know, if Christianity was real, yeah. Jesus did come back to life, he'd probably just be in a in a psychiatric ward somewhere. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> it's interesting, though. Uh, with aliens, I've looked at, I wouldn't say, like, I'm the most read up on it, but I've everything that YouTube has to offer, <laughs> I've, I've, like, you know, looked into. And the, it sounds so dumb. It sounds so naive. But it seems like... Aliens, the ones that they abduct, the ones that they interact with, they always seem to be the types of people that are not going to be believed. <laughs> and I know it's, it sounds so like, yeah, coincidental, well, but it's like they don't want to be, they, they don't want to interact with people that are going to be. But surely that becomes anybody who's abducted by an alien. If you or I were abducted by aliens tonight, yeah, came back to tell the story, yeah. we're then that crazy, unbelievable person. Yeah, but I'm talking about people that have maybe mental problems that are not delusional, Yeah, but they have men a sort of mental problem that all of a sudden just discounts them, you know, unreliable witness. Yeah, People like that or people who are like super hippies. I've got a friend who, and I've been promising this for so long, and I think she's really, really super hesitant to come on the podcast. 
but she was in serpentine she was at a meditation retreat yeah and it was late at night and everyone had left and she was the last car leaving and it's on this countryside property and she was driving past a dam going towards the gate to exit she looks to her right and she sees a fucking ufo <laughs> like from from here to like where that car is parked just yeah, there. Wow. as clear as day and it's like one of those traditional flying saucers the yeah, ones that wow. you see like in children's books yeah. yeah she noticed it and it just boom just whipped up into space silently just yeah wow and oh man i, I really want to have her on like she was telling me about this on because this is before I even came up with the idea of this podcast. Yeah. She's kind of what inspired it. Yeah, okay. Because she was telling me about it on Messenger. And then she's like, i got to call you just so I can tell you the story properly. And it's so crazy. <laughs> but the thing is, she came from a meditation retreat. The people these days that can summon orbs, and this is not a stupid thing. This is like, this is something that is not taken seriously, but it's all over the internet. People, they, they meditate. And on the horizon, you'll see a couple of little orbs dancing around. Yeah, wow. This, this is stuff that you just just look for it. Just type it in and you'll find it. <laughs> okay, I will. And it's it's like these people are not believed because they... You well, know. It's because it's the same thing. Like any conspiracy theory is now painted with the same brush as flat earth. Right, yeah. You know, like once you have yeah. crackpots, if that's the right word to use, saying, nah, things are different than you believe. Anyone who says, nah, things are different to what you believe is painted with the same brush. Yeah. It's like the left and right in politics, you know, if you... Yeah left you a pot smoking hippie with dreads and a vegan and yeah. you know not not everyone on the left is like that just like not everyone, and everyone on the, on right, the right is hitler yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think we like to simplify everything and yeah. conspiracy theories if that's the right word mm-hmm. or things that oppose what we believe the truth to be yeah it's the same it gets painted with one brush so yeah if you have flat earthers and people who believe that dinosaurs were a conspiracy, which is mm. a very real conspiracy theory. I don't know if you've been yeah. down that rabbit hole. No, never. No, it's no. quite quite bizarre. Yeah, we went to a church that was like, they didn't talk about it too much, but they're like, dinosaurs existed and there's no such thing as hell <laughs> type of thing. It's like a combination of Jewish and Christian. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Anyway, are there any conspiracy theories that you believe in? This is something that I I never go down this rabbit hole enough. Yeah. But, well, yeah. I don't know. Time travel is always something that nice. I've really, really been interested in. And I know you've done a segment on time travel. Yeah, it was just the clickbait name that I gave it. <laughs> but you've um, got to listen to that one. That's a yeah, crazy okay. fucking story, dude. Yeah, cool. I guess, uh, you know, coming back to the precognitive dreams, mm. you know, if, right. if you can dream something that hasn't happened yet and then it happens, is that kind of alluding to the fact that time isn't linear because how could you have this dream of something that hasn't happened yet if if time was linear look i'll give you the very short version of what happened because this is a perfect example yeah my friend was traveling with his mum, and they came across a big crash in the road they were told to sort of like wait until they clear the road i have to stress that this is like a crazy bad car crash yeah like mangled they parked, they spoke to this guy in the car next to him who's really friendly, dude with curly white hair, yeah. he's wearing like a cricket uniform, and he is like saying, oh, where are you going? And he's like, oh, yeah, I know that place, blah, 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 my mum works at the servo, yeah, it's a great place. All of a sudden, they're driving down the road again, and it was kind of that thing of like, oh, I must have been daydreaming. They don't remember leaving. So that's, that's just the wow. b- very beginning. 
They go to the next town where they were staying, and the dude's uncle works for the city council. They were there for a couple of weeks. He heard nothing about the crash. Like, he asked around, and it's a small town, so yeah. everyone hears yeah, about it. Yeah, of course, yeah. They went back to the scene. There was no rubble. There was no wow. broken glass. There was no, no sweep marks. There was no scratch concrete. Nothing. And it became the little mystery of their summer holiday. <laughs> so later on, they found themselves at that service station that the guy said, my mum works at the service station. And they're looking through the local newspapers and yeah. the, the newsletters and stuff. They see nothing about it. And they're like, wow, you know, because him and his mum both experienced this. Yeah. Anyway, this is where it gets weird. <laughs> the lady at the service station goes, oh, what are you guys looking for? And they said, oh, and they explained the story. They said, we came across this huge crash down the road that no one has heard of, but we definitely saw it. And yeah. we were parked next to this guy who was like, um, actually, he said that his mum works here. He had like curly blonde hair and he was wearing his cricket whites and the lady went pale and started crying because her son died at that place oh, in a car wow. accident and he fit the description he was buried in his cricket uniform yeah yeah so it's like wow. this weird double triple crossover yeah of things and the, the the time that they spent there which was like about 25 minutes to half an hour that time was not added to their trip they arrived at their destination exactly on time. Yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is that a time travel experience or is it a weird supernatural paranormal well, it's like It's like a time... It's like they drove into a time bubble. Yeah. But it was crossed over with another time bubble where the dude was parked next to where he was going to die or something like that. It's kind of like this weird... Yeah, bizarre crossover of yeah. a couple of different time paths yeah that's when it makes sense like what you were saying before about the spiral yeah. but this is like like i was saying it's like a tangled slinky yeah <laughs> the timelines crossing over each other yeah and they could interact but there was a whole bunch of other detail that he goes into you gotta yeah, listen wow. to it yeah he spends well. like an hour talking about it he goes into like crazy detail yeah wow. because he's, he's basically just trying to prove how you know, this was not a dream. This was not yeah. his imagination. Both him and his mum have exactly the same story. Yeah, well, I guess, like we said before, people are going to always try to reason it out. And if there's no reasoning it out, it's possibly a bit of a crackpot. Yeah. This is creating some cognitive dissonance that I don't feel comfortable with. <laughs> <laughs> but what I hate is people that try to debunk stuff in the way of like, well, there is a... Uh there is a type of condition where people have shared madness and, yeah. you know, all that sort of shit. It's yeah. like, shut up, man. Just say you don't know. <laughs> Just say you don't know. I don't know. It's bizarre, isn't it? The need to make the unknown easy to digest. Yeah. But it's a problem. The unknown is a problem because it's like <laughs> as humans, we want to know what can we do with this? I don't know. I think but that's, that's generally, what I think anyway. Generally speaking, that people are dumb, a person is smart thing, like as a collective group, people don't want to feel uncomfortable by the unknown yeah yeah that's really evident even climate change can be put into that basket because to change to a more sustainable global way of existing yeah. is unknown like what does that look like it's unknown yeah. so that causes a lot of discomfort i want things to stay the same i want to keep my house and have all my luxuries and mm. creature comforts yeah. So, no, I don't believe in climate change. Yeah. Because if I do, things will be different for me. Climate change is a funny one. I haven't looked enough into each side. Yeah. All I know is that I've heard, like, huge evidence for and against. Yeah. After that, I haven't looked any more into it. I'm just like, you know what? 
there's a lot of fucking rubbish around the world. That's that's kind of that's where my heart lies. Like I feel sad for animals dying because of garbage. Yeah. I think that's something that's immediately measurable. Yeah. And I fucking hate it, man. Yeah. I, I like when you go to countries it's like like the state of the Ganges. It's like those poor yeah. people. Yeah. These fucking companies dumping chemicals and dead bodies yeah. and when well, the companies aren't but like what's happened to the Ganges in such a short amount of time? Yeah. Yeah. It went from this beautiful place to and that's real. Yeah. yeah. I guess the the argument is focused around on whether climate change, which is happening, evidence-backed, like it's hard to deny that the climate is changing. Mm-hmm. The argument really lies with whether it's man-made or not. Yeah. And quite often the ice age is brought up. Well, we weren't producing mm-hmm. carbon in the ice age and that still happened. You know, this is a natural process of the world changing. The other side of that is, well, yeah, maybe we are going through a bit of a natural change, but the things we're doing are directly contributing to how that's going. So let's dive into the conspiracy part of that. Why do you think people like Rupert Murdoch are denying it? Well, I don't know if you've if you know about the Exxon emails, which I've only, no, I don't. I've only read a little bit about this, so I'm definitely no expert. But I believe it started in the late seventies, where the oil companies definitely Exxon at the helm, had been collecting data and evidence that the burning of fossil fuels was possibly going to have this catastrophic impact on the environment. And then by the early to mid-80s, they had to make a decision of how they were going to deal with this because it was becoming hugely obvious that they were having an impact on the world. And their decision, which is backed by emails, was to create a campaign of misinformation to deny that climate change was man-made. Wow. So there's a lot of evidence, and I don't know, I guess if you look for evidence for anything, you can find it, because yeah. there's some very good ways of manipulating yeah, isn't footage, it? data. Man, even before, like, um, there was a point where, I don't know too much, but something along the lines of photographic evidence is no longer admissible yeah. in court. Because people can Photoshop stuff yeah. flawlessly now. Yeah. Uh, video evidence now has been compromised, especially with deep fakes. Yeah. But yeah, I had never heard of that. Yeah. Okay. Of like the decision of like, well, let's yeah. deny it. Well, it's it's quite often compared to how the tobacco industry suppressed all the health effects that smoking um, yeah. had on you. Again, in both cases, it's a corporation protecting profits mm-hmm. at the detriment to health or the environment. And that's, I guess that's where we are in a hugely capitalist global society is yeah. that profits and the dollar will block natural systems. So we created this artificial system that's way more important than the natural systems that we live in. Yeah. That's one of the huge injustices of the world yeah. that most people will never truly grasp, I think. Um, I think that's what that's the biggest conspiracy in the world, like yeah. the way the rich keep yeah. their riches yeah. and how they they will always keep us down. Of course. And I know you know that we probably both have a lot of friends who subscribe to the idea that communism or socialism is what we need to implement over capitalism. But I firmly believe that the system that we need hasn't even been a blip in someone's neurological activity yet it's it's so far away from where we are that we i think there has to be a bit of human evolution first 
Well, I think we have to like our, I don't our, know. I our think collective minds have way. to ascend. When I talk to people about, well, what do you think? How do you think we're going to change? Yeah. My reply is always catastrophic global event. How we are now is mm. not going to change until there's 100% need, not even yeah. 99% need. Yeah. Because we're probably getting pretty close to a 99% need. I really think something major, catastrophic, has to happen way bigger than we've ever experienced. Yeah. For, you have to destroy the system in place. Yeah. 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 Because the, the people who hold the power, they don't want to give it up for right. anything. They'll drive this fucking bus into a wall. Yeah. <laughs> before they get off it oh for sure yeah well that's that's a bit of a downer isn't it no it's not really it's it's actually i think it's really important to keep these things in mind yeah because i mean i've got kids and i don't want to bring them up being like raving lunatics like me yeah but i want them to be able to see the world realistically because when you understand all the chess pieces that are in place you'll know how to live your life you know yeah that's true it's better to to understand the system even it doesn't matter how unjust it is it's yeah. good to understand it so you know what steps to take to protect yourself and yeah. to and to give yourselves opportunities yeah my my son i think he he must have been about 12 maybe even a bit younger when he made the analogy that climate change is like voldemort where there's this small group of people in new voldemort had come back yeah but no one would no one was ready to accept it even though the evidence was so clear, they're like, no, it's not happening. Yeah. Um, I thought it was quite an insightful <laughs> analogy from quite a young person. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes kids have such clarity. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes. The rest of the time, they're stupid. And they're way better than them. <laughs> Hear that, dum-dums? <laughs> Related to that, also really interesting is uh, just the world of the people that live at the very top. Yeah. We can imagine whatever we want, and usually it's a simplified version of billionaires you know, <laughs> counting, counting their beautiful money. <laughs> Eating caviar. Yeah, but surely, especially with as much time has passed, the billionaire culture has, I'm sure, just like the normal people down here, <laughs> they're becoming more self-aware about who they are and, and yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, I think like they may justify their evil or they might... Well, no one wants to perceive themselves to be the bad guy in any situation. Yeah, sure. You're always going to try to make yourself the good guy in the story. Yeah. We're talking about, like, Rupert Murdoch, if we want to go there, is just a person doing his thing, doing what he thinks is right. Do you know how much he's worth? Yeah. No idea. It'd probably implode my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you get into amounts of money. Yeah. That's just impossible to spend. It's like, what is it? If you were to speculate... What do they want with that money? And don't just say power. I want to hear specifics. I want to understand them. I can't even imagine to get inside their head and yeah. understand why you'd want that much money. Yeah. What's it called? That pyramid of, of needs? Uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That's right. Yeah. I reckon as you get to the top, there's like another little piece. <laughs> and there's A little, little eye? <laughs> well... I guess that the end game is that you want to become God. That's that's all I think. It's like you keep all the super technology to yourself yeah. that'll allow you to live forever, and you allow everyone in quotation they, marks to to live their their simple lives down below while you kind of you know ascend. Well, I think we've got to kind of put it in perspective because yeah, although there's this super rich at the very top, I don't know what the exact stats are now, but this is going on stats that maybe are six seven years old but if in terms of wealth if you have a roof over your head a fridge 
with food in it and a bank account, you're one of the richest 25% of the world. Wow. So... twenty Just 25%? Yeah. Holy shit. So, uh, I guess from our perspective in Perth, Western Australia, we're very comfortable with... You look upwards and you see that obscene wealth and yeah. you know, fuck you cunts. But there's <laughs> an even bigger proportion of people who don't have the necessities we have mm. and access to clean water and a roof over our head and regular food yeah. who'd be looking into our situation with the very similar thoughts. Yeah. I've heard there's even quite a sizable percentage of the human population that are in slavery. Yeah. Yeah. And this yeah. is like, you know, proper slavery as yeah. in you get worked to death and you don't get paid and you, yeah. you're fed to be kept alive so you can go to the sulfur mines and <laughs> and kill yourself, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, the fact that it's like a percentage and like man, I, I feel I feel guilty but like I can't allow my mind to dwell on that enough. Yeah. I should, right? But Well I guess we but all I, should. I, I feel totally yeah, we all should collectively. Yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, that's why we need, yeah, we need something to yeah. destroy the world. I think after the podcast, let's start brainstorming. <laughs> but I think it's, it comes down to this same argument with climate change as you could use for human slavery and the poverty that exists in the world. Like you're taking on responsibility for that as an individual, as a consumer. Yeah. When really that change has to come from way higher up from us. If we can refine it down to climate change when a climate change denier will say but they had single-use plastic bottles so how can you say you're trying to change the climate when you're using a single-use plastic bottle yeah ultimately they're right but yeah. that responsibility shouldn't be put on the consumer the litter that you were talking about in the ganges that's not the consumer's fault that's the producer's fault if we keep putting the blame on to the household when it's way bigger than that. Yeah. Like the, the, the You're right, though. It has to be a totally different system. Yeah. Like the way that we've evolved with especially the internet, where all of a sudden they can see everything we're doing, it has to go the other way because of the sheer size and yeah. impact that they have. Yeah. The only way that we can survive is that if we see everything that they're doing. Yeah. They have to be more accountable, not, yeah. not us. Yeah. I mean, the world has to start moving away from rhetoric and electing charismatic leaders or... Yeah. All, all that stuff. That stuff is like that might keep peace in a small country. You know, that that has benefits on a on a such a smaller scale. Yeah. But when you're talking about the power that comes hand in hand, it's just it's so ridiculous. We're like it doesn't matter what happens, it's it's like the world is set up that we're just gonna <laughs> fuck ourselves. Yeah, well it's entrenched into everything, isn't yeah, it? It's Ch- gonna, yeah. Change is seems impossible. Yeah. But these systems like historically and just naturally they consume themselves. Yeah. I think we're in this type of dystopia at the moment, but it will destroy itself. Yeah. Somehow things yeah. have, the balance needs to well, be... one way or another, yeah. something's going to give is, uh, I guess yeah. that's inevitable. Just watch the last Star Wars movie and you'll understand. <laughs> I don't have to explain it. I haven't it. seen it yet. Yeah, well, balance has to be restored, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't believe in that. Like, you know, you can kick up the dust for... A certain amount of time but then you get tired and then the dust will settle yeah i guess the question is whether it will happen in our lifetime or not hope so that'd be cool i want to see more things happen in, in our lifetime. i mean all the revolutions that we were hoping for they've either been suppressed or they just like completely impractical yeah the thing that pisses everyone off is that we never got the flying car <laughs> which is, I'm, I'm kind of annoyed yeah 
Yeah, come on. We're like living in the time of the Jetsons and where's our yeah. robot maiden flying car? Yeah. Apparently the technology's out there. Yeah, yeah. There's evidence that like, uh, I guess if you want to believe in the whole like sort of shadow government conspiracy, the shadow governments are all these weapons and tech companies that are running yeah. things. Yeah. Like you may have noticed, that's why I never get into the whole political debate. Yeah, okay. I never do, because it's never just as simple as, like, you know, this guy's a dickhead. It's never <laughs> as simple as that. I believe that there's so much more. There are people that should be getting blamed that aren't getting blamed. And I find that frustrating. But, you know, that said, that said, because <laughs> I, can, I can hear you, like, taking a huge breath in. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I guess I uh, have been inside government so I know how incompetent it is and the idea that there's like this control coming from within I don't mean control government. in that sense I have to clarify I don't mean control as in like it's someone like now I want you to pay <laughs> like you know they're all just chasing their tails wondering what yeah. the fuck's going on and I, I, I think any but what I'm, what shadow I'm, government yeah control is coming from something completely different to the yeah. government who's probably just there as a but there are aspects a, of that that you can observe of course like the way that people favor big companies yeah that's just one part of it yeah. but i think systems that are put in place i think systems are the same as technology you know yeah because it's this operating system that if it's flawed if it's over simplistic that you can fucking find all these loopholes in it then yeah. then you're sweet <laughs> That's why politicians don't have accountability. Oh, it's really hard yeah. to get accountability out of them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I guess us plebs, plebeians <laughs> sitting down the bottom of the food chain will never really know the truth. Know. That sucks. So much <laughs> I want to know. Yeah. Like, because I'm sure that a lot of it's... Bull- I mean, because I, I love the whole world of conspiracy and paranormal. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of it's bullshit. Yeah. But I want to get to the bottom of it, damn it. What's that? Like, it's just... At the very least, it's a nice distraction. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, yeah. I know there's True. a lot of conspiracy theories about yeah. conspiracy theories being a manipulation yeah. from the powers that be in themselves. And yeah. they're quite often started from those people pulling the strings yeah um, which is a bit of a head fuck i guess you go down that rabbit hole yeah (laughs) speaking of which (laughs) i saw the best video (laughs) and i don't mean that like it could be true could be fake but it was entertaining as fuck that's all i know it's a 9-11 conspiracy video yeah and yeah you've heard a lot of stuff that's just like crazy i mean obviously it's to, to people who haven't looked into it, they can take it for face value, I guess. But if you look into it just yeah, a little it bit, it doesn't add up when yeah. you look into it. There's something. Things like how like people could hear pop, 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 pop of all the like yeah. explosives happening, and how like the towers fell down, like yeah. exactly like a demolition yeah. would work. Yeah. Um. And how the Pentagon with no plane and Building yeah. Seven and all that sort of shit. But the best one I came across that was like. The coolest was that they showed raw footage of the planes flying into the tower. The stuff that was televised, there is a single frame where they didn't mask the wing properly. So the wing hasn't been masked. Like, obviously, the, the marquee tool, they, 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 they clipped the edge of the wing. So it's, it's crazy. Wow. The conspiracy is that all these news stations had prepared footage and stuff yeah. like that. Another cool one is that there's a helicopter shot. 
And just before they go to air, there's a panning shot of the sky and you see nothing. Pans across the city, straight to the building, and then out of nowhere, just out of frame, a plane goes boots into the yeah, right. into the building, the second one. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, so all this raw footage surf yeah. um says surface that there's nothing. Well I've I've <laughs> seen a couple of engineers talking about how the 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 way the building collapsed was impossible for yeah. what actually happened. But I've never seen any of that footage. So. Yes. Yeah. I'll share it on my Facebook page. Yeah, cool. Because I favorited it. It was really cool. But yeah. unfortunately, like, conspiracy theorists usually shoot themselves in the foot. Because yeah. they're so worked up about it that they end up not making a convincing argument yeah. most of the time. Yeah. They're, they're just in a huff. And they're like, see? <laughs> <laughs> they're not calm about it. They're not, they're not communicating in a way that's going to relate to people. It's just like... They've got this. <laughs> they've got this big siren on their head. <laughs> yeah, might as well be wearing a tinfoil hat. Yeah, that's how they come yeah. across, you know. Yeah. So that's probably why it's still allowed on Facebook. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen any of the Jim Jeffries show, but he um, had a segment where he got, I think it was five different conspiracy theorists in the room together. Yeah, who all believed in different conspiracy theories who all interacted with each other like the other ones were crazy and they were the <laughs> same ones. It yeah. was brilliant. It was really yeah. brilliant. Now, Jim Jeffries, he's a clever dude. Yeah. But when I first saw him, I was like, oh, who's this? how's this guy so popular? But he's huge in America. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really hear of him in Australia. Yeah. You know, we got Jim Owen and... <laughs> the other dude. And the other dude. Yeah. Carl Barron. Yeah, that's, that's actually who I was thinking of, exactly. <laughs> All right, man. How long have we been talking for? That's pretty good. All right, we could probably leave it there. Yeah, cool. But, like, great great having a chat with you, man. Thanks yeah, so much. Thanks for, for inviting me along. Yeah, we like, um, I find it interesting. We've gone down the part of um, anthropology quite a lot more than what I usually do. Yeah. I, I guess I'm a, I'm a language nerd. It's my profession. Yeah. Uh, I, I love delving into that side of... Yeah. of culture but it's i mean it's great i mean if you think about it if we have these differences between like just language like the implications of cultural differences because of language think about you know if there was an alien species like yeah. that, i mean that's why they're so baffling and i think that's part of the reason why the idea of aliens is so baffling because, like, what do they do? They're hanging around. They they want to be seen, but they don't want to be seen. Yeah. And, and they do with they play with our bum or they have sex with us. Or <laughs> have you, you ever know, seen the movie? So, so it's hard. It's like, what the fuck is their motive? You know? Have, have you ever seen the movie called The Arrival? Well, I, is I, that the Jodie Foster one? Is it Jodie Foster? No, that's well, Contact. No, yeah, that's oh, Arrival. As where in, it's it's a, it's about this linguist trying to communicate with. That's the aliens, such a great movie. Um, and she has to stop existing in a linear time frame. Yeah. To be able to communicate because their language is. Yeah. Is. This has this weird time element to it. Yeah. So by learning that language, she opens herself up to being able to exist in different times yeah which yeah bizarre That's, lovely movie I, I love that movie I hope I didn't just spoil it for anyone <laughs> who hasn't seen it but watch it it's good <laughs> it's also pew 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 killing aliens yeah no not really actually it's it's such a clever alien movie and yeah. the way it's shot as well yeah really original sort yeah. of idea not just aliens invading earth and Will Smith saves the day 
Yeah. <laughs> William Smith. Um, I heard the funniest thing. You know Independence Day? Yeah. How, like, at one point he... Yeah, it was in one of the other podcasts. Someone's talking about how funny it is, how the UFO crashes, and he opens up the fucking hatch, and there's an alien in there, and he just, like, punches the alien in the same place where, you know... You'd punch a human and it's like knocked out for hours enough time for him to drag it to area 51 for them to open it up and it's like um there's this tiny little alien inside and it's like this thing had huge bio armor right yeah it must have been the use- most useless bio armor because <laughs> it could get knocked out with <laughs> a punch to the <laughs> the cranium area it's like puff and it's like oh you got me <laughs> All right, let's leave it at that. <laughs> but cool. Thanks so much for coming back. Pleasure. Look, if you remember any other stories, I'd love to have you back. All right. Or even if you just want to talk about yeah. something, that'd be cool. Anyway, thanks everyone for listening. Um, yeah, please rate it if you're listening on Spotify. Um, subscribe to YouTube and like us and follow us on Facebook as well. But um, yeah, thanks again. See you next time. Bye bye. You've been listening to the Fear of the Unknown podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media with all links in the description.